let's talk about it. back to Thick Radio, the podcast where we talk about gaming and everything in its orbit. I'm James. And I'm Tim, so let's get into it. Today on the show, we'd like to welcome back one of our favorite guests, Little Birdo. Hey, Birdo, how you doing, babe? It's good to be back again, y'all. How y'all been lately? Uh, doing okay. Um, you know, like I had been talking um, in earlier weeks, like it's been a little bit of a rough summer, but it's getting better. Well, I'm glad you're doing okay. I really am. I'm I'm doing okay, you know. It is now late in November, and of course today is a very exciting day, I think, for a lot of gainers. It is, uh, well, I understand it's called Thanksgiving typically, but we're kind of rebranding that as like Feast Day. That's like the sort of modern parlance, right? I've, I've got that right? You got it yeah. right? Yeah. Well, we're celebrating feast day. It's feast day, y'all. Um, so listen, I think it would be fantastic to have a conversation about the sort of history behind the origins of things like Thanksgiving. And I know there's also that Columbus Day that happens, you know, sort of a little bit behind and sort of around. For myself as an Australian, I actually don't know the like myth of Thanksgiving, and I imagine some other listeners may not as well. So, Berto, would you mind maybe explaining to us what that original myth was and maybe how that compares to what actually happened? Yeah, I can try that as best I can because it's a long story, but I'm going to try to um, modify it in a simpler terms. So the myth that I usually hear throughout the public schools, majority of the time the public schools, is the pilgrims arrived in the land called America today and they befriended with um, natives um, from the tribe called Wapangnan uh, tribe. I I don't know if I pronounced it right, but forgive me on that. So basically, long long story short, um, the schools were taught to all of us that that we became friends and therefore we share we share this the food uh, resources with them, we have dinner with them and become one big happy family. That's usually how we hear it as of today. But in the 21st century, that's not the case no more. It is actually more of um, the first Thanksgiving where, how do I explain this? There's a lot of narratives, like histories that were taught and yet we, we were left in a huge incomplete picture of what really happened. So the full story would be how there was no evidence that the Wapangan uh, people were not even invited at all, not even in the first place. And apparently from, from many members um, from the same tribe I just mentioned, they were present, but there was no invitations um, sent to them. And also like many experts and including uh, one of my father who, were, who listened to the history, there was actually um, the army um, sent by the Wapangan leader and they actually hear the gunshots out of it. And I believe um, the first encounter, um, the pilgrims did stole um, the tribe's winter provisions and it didn't happen um, later in a foreign alliance with the other groups. And, and it was less more in, into cultural harmony and is more about the survival in the tribe and in the land. And um, I do remember I was told that um, 
it, the first harvest, it was actually daily conflicts between the colonizers and the native people, which in that case, that, that one child we just talked about. And um, by that, they repaid the natives by seizing the native land, imprisoning, enslaving, and unfortunately, and I hate saying this, um, executing native people just because they want the resources, the land, and et cetera. Now, the whole thing with the whole Thanksgiving, I'm not sure how exactly that myth rises per se, but one thing I could tell you for sure that is actually the celebration of European settlers often marked as a brutal victories over native people. So that's where I believe why Thanksgiving become a holiday as where it tries to coexist with everyone that is actually means it's a family, but really the truth behind Thanksgiving is actually the celebration of what the Europeans did to the native people. And that's the hard truth. And just me saying that it just, I try not to cry over it because I may not be from the same tribe as them, but it really affected me in the most ways in the long-term um, generations especially I'm, I'm native, I live in this land called America today, and I often hear stories about this whole quote-unquote, oh yeah, I, we, we honor y'all by celebrating Thanksgiving, but what they're doing is actually harmful to me, to my native friends, and unfortunately, it does become harmful to the, uh, the Gainer community who identifies as indigenous people, so I don't think that not many people realizing what they're saying when it comes to saying Thanksgiving Day, um, it just means the day of mourning for me. I hope this isn't like a weak analogy, but to me, it seems like, you know, the, the way that you've pointed this out, the way that we venerate this, this day that, you know, the white Europeans conquered their, their, you know, the, 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 the indigenous population, it would be like if we venerated um, the 1st of September when Hitler invaded Poland and turned that into a holiday in some kind of way. It's like, it's, to me, it seems, I don't know if that's, completely equivalent but like I just I feel a comparison there it's like we don't make a holiday out of that but we make a holiday out of out of what happened in this country to the indigenous population and we we attach family values to it and we say this is a day about being with your family this is a day about being thankful for everything that you have and it's it's just it's weird it's very weird it's weird but yeah it's very disheartening it is very inhumane the way just putting the native people away like we're nothing to them and it's just literally the same analogy where uh, most u.s schools don't teach accurately about the indigenous history or sometimes they don't teach um our history at all so that's another thing that it becomes harmful to us it's like they say that they want they want all all of us to be um seen but we're not seen enough I, it makes me sort of reflect there's a, a day of importance in Australia, which is Australia Day. You know, I think it's often touted as our version of Independence Day. Um, but it's not the day that we were recognized as no longer a colony, eh, colonization. Um, it's not the day we were now recognized as an independent country. It commemorates the day that ships called the First Fleet first landed in what is now known as Botany Bay in Australia. So it doesn't commemorate a particular battle, but it does mark the date that foreign people started coming in 
to do things to the land and eventually doing horrible things to the indigenous population of Australia. So, you know, it, there's a sort of similarity in that moment, you know, and it's interesting. I wonder if Canada has something similar and if other nations on earth have something similar, a day that ironically is touted as celebrating a family and friendship and bounty and growth and potential as this weird cover-up for genocide. It's quite a powerful thing. In in your opinion, Berto, do you feel like members of the Gainer community exude, I'll say, a willing ignorance when it comes to kind of addressing the tension around the day? It really depends who I know, and it really depends the side of the community, because it's a hit and miss situation. I acknowledge the fact there are actually um, gainers out there are very educated and they're very educated on histories. And I know there are people out there who are willing to listen to my voice and willing to listen to indigenous voices in the gaining community. And I noticed that um, throughout the months, last time we we're on the, on the last episode, but I can tell you for the fact how it's not 100% yet, but I feel like slowly but surely there are people and hopefully after they listen to this episode, at least give it a chance to understand the truth of the history, not just Thanksgiving, but also um, the Columbus Day or any other holidays that is extremely harmful to me and to my people as well. So as you answer your question, it's not 100%. So Columbus Day then, is that similar to the, the idea of Australia Day, a day that celebrates when uh, Columbus first arrived in america is that the 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 idea behind columbus day it's the idea of it so for those who are not from the united states of america so basically what columbus day is is it became a, a federal holiday back in the 1937 to commemorate the quote unquote the arrival of the christopher columbus in america but the the truth and yeah very stupid truth he's an idiot and what i mean by that he doesn't know how to do math he thought like he thought when he landed on America, what we call today, he thought my people and I are India, quote unquote Indians. And that's where the term Indians came from because he legit thought he's in India. Oh, I was, do you know what? That's so weird. I always wondered to myself, like, why, why is that the term? Like, why are Native American people Indians, but also people from India are Indians? I was always like, it's the same reason why to this day the Caribbean is sometimes referred to as the West Indies because he thought that he had landed because he landed in the in the Caribbean islands. He really pulled up, I think, in Cuba or uh, what is now Haiti and saw dark skinned people and just said, oh, they must be we're, we're here, boys. We made it to India. Wow. Even for myself, like to this day, I don't understand why um, Native Americans or indigenous people here in America still say American Indian or Indians when we're not even from India. I'm still trying to understand that concept a little more to myself so I get like a better understanding behind it. And again, when it comes to decolonizing um, the histories and ourselves, it becomes so complicated to the point where you had to untangle every thread from the spider web. Otherwise, if you untangle one web, one web not carefully everything's going to collapse and everything's going to explode right in your face that's how complicated it is to decolonize the history and of course adding decolonialism as well i do want to ask 
what can we do as members of the community when it comes to honoring y'all as native and indigenous peoples affected by that day what can we do to show our support there's a lot but i'll try to like simplify as much as i can and there's actually a lot of ways to support um your friends who have to be indigenous or who have to be an artist who happen to be a filmmaker activist etc um, but all of them what i'm about to explain they are connected and they are very 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 relevant to this day and they are very simple very simple so the first one is you got to learn about the people where you live and where you visit okay now first of all you two know me very well but also you two understand my tribe probably laguna a lot because this is part of me this is part of my culture last time I was an episode i spoke my language called carissa with y'all and you understood about me and to me personally that was very empowering and that was very validating because i don't get that often from non-native spaces and that's actually really nice and also like beyond learning the names um seek out the histories and figure out who they are today how did they live with, in harmony with the land land acknowledgments in your meetings or introductions is merely a good starting point it merely just shows that you are acknowledging the land you're standing on and what you can do to support them as well. You got to make a plan to support indigenous communities around your area by donating money in local indigenous organizations, um, supporting the movements, the campaigns, or committing to returning land, aka land back. And being an ally to indigenous people means grappling the fact that you live on a stolen land. So that's one. So second is you got to remove the harmful stereotypes and indigenous irrational language from what you learn from school or from your parents or from your guardians or from your men, anything in general. What I'm trying to say on that part, you got to decolonize your mind by understanding what these names really means to us. Um, first of all, powwow is not a word to substitute for meaning. That's not really the case, all right? Spirit animal, it is not the term to use. Like, I often hear the whole thing about, let's say, for example, Lady Gaga is my spirit animal or Tina Belch is my spirit animal. I fucking hate that shit and so many of us, so don't do that. And also, let's say, for example, um, for example, the football team called the Redskins, Washington Redskins, that one, that name is gone now. That was called Washington Warriors, if I understand it correctly. Um, and also the whole cowboy and Indian shows, that shit is not real. You cannot rely on media to define who we are as people because most of the time, back in the days, the media does not portray us accurately compared to the today's films, the today's movies, the sitcoms, um, short films about us. And also what it means by that is you gotta change the respect by changing your language of what you've learned in a way to harm us, if that makes sense. And, and of course, I think that really ties down to the other things. Um, you gotta educate yourself about the structural discrimination towards the international elimination on native tribes. Now, a long time ago, there's like thousands, thousands of tribes you can ever imagine. But as of now, we have 574 recognized tribes. And I'm pretty sure that the thousands are either unrecognized or they extinct. That includes the whores in the forced residential schooling and the murder of indigenous children and a widespread abuse 
and the murder of indigenous people. I need everyone to understand that things like this did existed back then. And that's why so many elders as of today that refuse to speak the language, refuse to teach younger folks like me to understand our culture because of heavily driven trauma that's been coming from the horrors of residential schools, the groups that do anything just to raise to raise their existence. And by understanding why elders are like this today, some, some to the extent, not all of them, it means so important to us when it comes to decolonization as well. And of course, like supporting people, indigenous people as they protect the land and the exclusive practices. And I, that's pretty much ties down to what I said the other three as well. And of course, you really, really need to think twice before claiming your native ancestry. Let's say, for example, if you are a white American who claims native ancestry, you need to understand that being indigenous is not about DNA percentages or the family story about Cherokee princess in your, in your lineage. It's 100% bullshit. It's about who claims you and your lived experience as part of the indigenous community and how you show up in the community you claim to be part of. So in other words, you cannot be saying that you're from so-and-so tribe when you don't contribute shit at all. So that's one way to put it. And of course, you gotta, you gotta find diversity of sources, education, and entertainment. Reputation matters, but we know that, which is good. But unfortunately, it's up to the media but what, what, what we can see, what we cannot see. And this is where Indigenous voices, non-Indigenous voices comes in, need to see different faces, need to see different voices, et cetera. And of course, become an ally to Indigenous people, seek out Native media, read books by Indigenous authors, watch shows, movies written by you know Native, Native actors, Share, share those that you enjoy the most, um, especially for those that challenge. It makes you feel comfortable with friends and family. So that you can definitely do that. For example, you can definitely watch um, Red Dog. You can watch the movie called Prey. That movie was really good. You can watch Witherland Falls. You can watch um, Dark Winds. There's so many, so many shows out there. You just gotta look for it and start watching with your friends and family. And believe me, just by seeing y'all sharing your experiences from the native films it actually makes us feel validated even more about it and also if you met an elder or anyone is very very well educated about the tribes respect as hard as you can when it comes to knowledge and wisdom from indigenous tribes we have a long long history of symbolic respectful relationship with the, with the land and to fully heal our planet we cannot keep going with the whole capitalism behaviors, but ship our mindset from living with the earth and all the species in harmony. So being allied to indigenous people, it actually means actively learning about them as of today. And last but not least, um, I think this is very relevant today, because especially most of us are on social media now. If you have social media in, in terms of Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, et cetera, you can definitely hear directly from indigenous content creators. It could be um, an artist like me, it could be a filmmaker, it could be activism, it could be indigenous leaders, it could be indigenous organizations. And as a way of not only sharing our voices, but you actually compensate them for their work and emotional labor as well. And as in that 
you're sharing experiences from what we went through and also what can you do about it to help us out and of course last but not least and this is my personal favorite you need to demand the end of using mass native mascots now this whole like halloween when it's coming around the native culture is not the costume at all it's mainly because racist stereotypes and mascots are dehumanizing and harmful to mental health to our people and unfortunately there are schools out there or our mater has this mascot using the term to relate to indigenous people not only is is not only is hostile but it's actually disgusting of how they people view us like this and on top of that that needs to require us to be speaking up about it if we don't speak up this will keep going moving forward i know that's a lot right now but that's that's literally what i can think of on top of my head i really like that you brought up the um getting rid of the mascots because just recently in cleveland <clears throat> our baseball team changed it had been the cleveland indians for the longest time you know ever since well, I don't know if that was its original name or if it had been a different team name way back in the day, but um, they'd recently changed it to the Guardians. People didn't react well, but I didn't care. I was like, I was glad to see that they were no longer using um, an indigenous person as a mascot because it was always a very cartoony, stereotypical, drawn character that was, I mean, it was it was really disgusting. If you looked at the the drawing of the mascot, it was like, wow, this is really bad. Uh, and I also like that you brought up genetics versus lived culture, because um, just recently, like it was last year, I found out that I am also um, partly South Asian, that I actually have about 15% South Asian in me. And this is not something that I knew until I took this DNA test. And I have always been fascinated with Indian culture. I have always like, I want to travel to India. I think, you know, many of it, like their artwork, their music, all this stuff is really beautiful. But I kind of feel sometimes like, okay, do I have a right to be interested in this? Do I have a right to enjoy this? Because I didn't, I wasn't raised like this. Nobody knew that that was in the genetic line. There was no culture that carried over. So am I appropriating it if I want to, you know, explore it? Like, do I have a right to do that just because I have genes that make up part of me that says that you come from like genetically this part of the world? It's complicated, to be honest with you. Because one, you just found out about yourself, and then again, you don't know, how do I explain it? You don't know long enough to see whether it's validated or not, because it's yeah. that complex nowadays, especially the whole ancestry DNA, it still is today. There's actually something that came up um, on a podcast called Semi-Qualified Queens, which is hosted by Juicebox and Cynthia Kiss from seasons one and two of, uh, Drag Ra of Canada's Drag Race, respectively. And they were asked a question on their podcast, like, what is it that makes Canada's drag scene very unique? And they were in the kind of discussion about, you know, describing, you know, that Canada is often called a melting pot. But one of them said, actually, I don't like the term melting pot because the melting pot suggests that every ingredient comes in and it kind of just gets mixed together into one uniform thing. And depending on the ingredients, that could come out to be a very bland gruel. So she actually prefers to describe Canada's drag scene as a mosaic. And I love the concept of the mosaic. And I think that's a much more apt way of describing a world in which we can have a multicultural society where everyone is represented individually and uniquely, but still all together as one cohesive piece. We are one cohesive piece 
but the culture and the representation of each individual is still seen each color and each shade and each shape is still represented within that whole and it can be seen distinctly so i think engaging with culture and learning about that part of your culture can be a beautiful and wonderful thing to do I do also want to take this opportunity to promote a podcast. Now, this podcast is unfortunately no longer running, but it is still up there on the archives everywhere on the internet to check out. Berto, I told you about this recently. It's called Woman of Size. It's hosted by a comedian, a native comedian in America called Jana Schmieding. Um, I believe she's on a TV show. I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. It may be Res Dogs um, or it may be a different one. But it's a fantastic podcast. She's a woman of size herself, and she speaks a lot of it to her Indigenous experience. So if you're looking to get into more fat content that has that Indigenous twist to it, that is my strong recommendation for you all today. So as we are regaining podcast and to put that spin back into what we do today, darling, it is feast day. But I want to ask you, how do you like to celebrate Feast Day? <laughs> I think this is very obvious. All of us, we love food. Mm. We all love food. And yet we want to eat food with our loved ones, with our families. And also families are not related because all of us just love food. That's it. We just here eat together and get fat together. That's literally what Feast Day is. And that's okay. That's what most of us we do anyway in the gaming community. And the beauty behind um, the feast day is one, you get to be closer with your with your friends and family and learning new things about them to the point where not only it'll hone the relationship, but also keep us closer than we were before just by sharing food with each other. It's just actually that simple to this days. Uh, personally, I call it um, feast day because it just relates to everyone. Because if you really think about it, when people think of Thanksgiving, they think of food and family. That's it. And to be honest with you, I'd rather hear that versus honoring the natives kind of deal. And to tell you the truth, me as a native person, what do I do to celebrate uh, feast day is one, I just cook food. I just eat a lot with, with my boyfriend, eat a lot with my friends, etc. And sometimes we'll be watching, we'll be binge watching shows on Netflix, Hulu, or I forgot what the other streaming services are, but basically <laughs> we just basically binge watch along with eating food as well. And that's normal. And if we're talking about um, um, celebrating with my family, we normally just um, eat food, um, talk, talk shit about people and watch a football game live. That's usually how it goes. And, and I'm okay with that really. You know, I don't know if this is ironic or not, but I feel like in the U.S., a lot of people, when they think of Thanksgiving, they also think of getting blindingly drunk because apparently Thanksgiving Eve is the number one drinking night. It, like it even outdoes St. Patrick's Day. Apparently, everybody wants to go out and get completely hammered before they have to see their families the next day. And as someone who did it for many years, I have spent many a Thanksgiving totally hungover. <laughs> I mean, hey, if this is your way of celebrating feast day, I don't care. As long as you're <laughs> safe, you're having a good time with your friends and family, as long as there's food involved, that's all I really care about. So you do you and just enjoy, enjoy the food, you know? But then again, we take, we in, in the US, we take every holiday and make it a drinking holiday. It doesn't matter what it is. It's any right. excuse to drink. Right. That's the same case with every holiday. Everyone's going to be asking, will that be food? 
I mean, that's literally a central question every time we hang out. I'm just saying, like, and nothing's wrong with that. I mean, that's every holiday everywhere. Having now lived in both Australia and the UK, I can personally verify any public holiday. That's our excuse for a piss up. Absolutely. Um, as, as an Australian, I will say I was always jealous of the American gainers with feast day just because it seemed like, yes, Christmas, you have a, a turkey or a large bird and there's your food and the stuffing and the rice. But it felt like uh, Thanksgiving slash feast day was the day that you went ham like competitive eaters would be training all year to stuff in as much food as they could during feast day it and you know i feel like if you rebranded christmas you would call it present day right because yeah gift giving day yeah but thanksgiving is the one that's getting rebranded as feast day and so therefore my gain is a lot well that's the that's the holiday i want to be celebrating people that's the one i want to be coming over for just saying because you know damn well Christmas will always be Christmas because Christian okay I, I have to think about how to put this delicately so give me a second don't be delicate just say it because there are a lot of very conservative when you think of the conservative bible thumping Christian the kind of Christian that makes other Christians uncomfortable they're the ones who believe that there is a perpetual war on Christmas. They think that everyone is trying to sanitize everything and that no one can talk about Jesus and that we all have to say happy holidays. And they are just gung ho at making sure that that is not going to happen because they think that, I don't know, us liberal demons are just trying to deconstruct their entire lives bit by bit. So Christmas is unfortunately always going to remain Christmas. But, you know, what can you do about that? I mean... Fair. Maybe maybe we'll revisit that in a subsequent Christmas-themed episode. Um, but look, I suppose for me, I because I don't have a, a feast day, really, I would envision I would do similar to what I do during Christmas, which is a big old bird, all the signs, all the trimmings, butter galore, duh, roasted, fried to the high heavens. I want my meat and my taters moist and delicious, very well seasoned. I want uh, strengthened chairs, I want no armrests, and I want padding, I want comfort, I want uh, Ugg boots and sweaters, and I want lovely little gorgeous things. <laughs> lovely little gorgeous lovely things. Lovely little brick and brack things. Very nice. I want to have a day where, you know, like, I, I have to unbuckle my belt and unbutton my Pants. oh my god yes that is, that's the fucking game of fantasy right there and then you know the encourager walks past and pats the belly and then like there's just like another scoop of something delicious like put on my plate and i'm just like okay just keep going that is the dream funny thing you mentioned that that did happen to me the other day like the courage oh. part i'm just like yeah this is feast day y'all this is feast day <laughs> Now, I do want to ask about this, because I was told about this, and I wanted to ask you, because oh, I, no. I, need, I need some verification on this. Here we Something go. about deep-fried turkeys and them not being defrosted. This is... Wait, hold on. I'm sorry. Say that one more time? Like, when you get a turkey, but it's frozen, and so you've got to defrost it before you deep-fry it, because people like to deep-fry their turkey. Right. But they don't defrost the turkey properly, so they try to deep-fry the turkey, and then it just explodes, and then there's, like, grease fires and flaming bird and all sorts all over the place. 
What? Wait. I've seen it happen. Know, I didn't know that shit happens. I didn't yeah. know that. This is the I've first seen it happen. This. Girl. I mean, I don't think of deep fried turkeys. No, this is too much work. I'm sorry. It is. It's kind of a pain in the ass. I've 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 seen it done successfully and I've seen it done disastrously. And like the people who have never attempted it before, like I see them, they buy two turkeys, which I guess that must be a luxury that you can buy two of them. But they do one in the oven and one deep fried. And if the deep fried one doesn't turn out okay, they have the backup in the oven. It's, it's to me i it's just i don't i don't get it. but i've seen it like where the i mean i've seen it once before somebody like i don't know if they thought that they even had to defrost it when i was over there because i feel like they put it in and then the oil just went everywhere and the bird damn near shot all the way out of the can <laughs> oh my god that's look that's a little bit funny but that's also fucking terrifying yeah that's boiling oil that's overspilling on and they were doing it outside so i mean at least it was just going on the grass but it was still a huge fire hazard i mean i'm i'm down to try i feel like i'd be successful because you all know good and goddamn well i'm coming to america with my clipboard and my feedback and i will successfully do a deep fried turkey i feel like those turkey legs that you can buy at the renaissance festivals are deep fried not quite not quite how do i know i was at the renaissance fair with my boyfriend i had two turkey legs it is not deep fried at all. Oh, it's, is it just like spit roasted then? Yeah, it's been roasted. That's okay. really good, really good, and ten very tender as well. Okay. So wait, in that case, have either of you actually like cooked the frozen turkey? I have never made a turkey, no. Okay, okay. So we'll we'll skip that question, listeners. If anyone listening has ever like deep fried a frozen turkey and fucked it up, uh, email us at thethickradio at gmail dot com. I could use a giggle. Um, share your stories. Um. But I do, I do want to ask one final question here, just to round things out for you, Berto. What changes or inclusions do you want to see made to feast day in the years to come? Honestly, I just want people to listen. I just want people to listen to our stories, listen to our cultures, listen to our existence, and hear us out when we say about thanksgiving is actually a day of a morning for us and that's why most natives and more now call it a feast day because not only that we're rebranding it but to tell you the truth like we just want food and be with our loved ones that's it so more of the story i just want people to listen to us and don't make it about themselves like the fact that to keep repeating myself Apparently, it's hard to listen. It shouldn't be, but it is. I mean, yeah, it's 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 difficult to erase the th- like the lessons that get drummed into your head as a as a product of the public education system and being fed that bullshit story every year. It's like it's hard to unlearn that. And then, not only do you learn that bullshit in school, but then there's a lot of stuff that's aimed at kids that reinforces that bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was a kid, I was watching like. Charlie Brown was still, you know, they were, they were still making new Charlie Brown specials and like they made a Thanksgiving one they made. In fact, um, I remember in the eighties, there was an entire series of them where it was like the evolution of America. And again, they did the bullshit story of the pilgrims coming over and becoming friends with the natives and everything. And it's like, you get that stuff crammed into your head so much that it's, it's, it can be tricky to unlearn 30 plus years of being told a lie. You know, what was it we were talking about the other day, Tim? Like when you watch 
when you watch back on certain kids shows and you realize like every single kids show teaches you more or less the exact same moral values and you think of how many thousands of kids shows there are over decades and decades of tv so you're talking tens of thousands of episodes all talking about like the same four or five lessons which is basically the golden rule don't be an asshole blah 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 and you think to yourself gosh why are we still making this content why why do we still need to make this and then you look at the adults of the world and realize how many of them just do not understand these basic rules and you're like oh yeah because people don't listen people aren't paying attention and it really does take a community effort to help people to understand change and difference and all of those things. So I think that's a good reminder for all of us, you know, one day we'll get to a wonderful period where, you know, we've successfully decolonized and we're looking at feast day with no problem, but we'll still want to remind ourselves once upon a time, we didn't do this shit correctly. So we should be vigilant keep ourselves humble, teachable, and ready for whatever comes next. But I think that's it for today on this Thick Radio special. Berto, thank you so, so much for your time again. It is always a pleasure to have you on and to hear your voice and your Indigenous perspective. Thank you, my love. Thank you to both of you. And and before I go, I just really want to say thank you to you both in supporting my work lately, especially big exhibitions coming up very soon so i just want to thank you thank you both for the continued support of my work that actually means a lot same case anyone who's listening to this episode so thank you all of you that means a lot where can people find you online so i have an art instagram um it's at littleberto17 and also i do have a low-key um Gainer profile where I'll be on lives with people where I can uh, get involved with communities. So it's on the secondary account of all lowercase hello, it's me undercase 95. Gorgy. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it for another session here on Thick Radio. Please remember to like and subscribe, rate us five stars, and leave a good review. If you liked this episode, the podcast, or just us in general, share it with your friends and encourage them to tune in. You can find me on Instagram and beefyfrat at Stanham. And you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, and beefyfrat at Thicky Mouse. You can also look us up on TikTok at Thick Radio or our website at www.podpage.com forward slash thick radio and if you want to submit any questions or ideas for episodes you can reach us at the thick radio at gmail.com so until next time bye fats bye fats bye fats let's talk about it thick radio is a patreon and enter app podcast Produced by Stan and Thicky Mouse. Next and Masterclass Stan. Our artwork is provided by Lokitu. Our theme song is provided by Spotify Cream.